How do dreamers, thought leaders, paradigm shifters change the world? They have to ask themselves this one question. Am I willing to chase my dreams? If you want to know how to push the boundaries of your influence, impact the world, and live out your God-given dreams, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Passion and Prestige podcast. I am your host, world changer, dream chaser, and all-around nice guy, Teron Nolan. Today, we are talking about your why. We all know our why nots, all the reasons we shouldn't pursue our passions and follow our dreams, but what are your whys? I'm convinced that it's crucial that your whys are stronger than your why nots. So let's talk about it. They just want to knock you off the top, but I ain't going to drop till I say so, till I say so, because I say so. I'll bet you a new shiny Bitcoin that most of you have never heard about one of the greatest athletes ever. This dude was like the LeBron James of the 1900s and completely changed the trajectory of sports forever. But he didn't play basketball. He didn't conquer baseball or dominate football. No, this guy paved his way and left his stamp on the world through cycling. The man I'm talking about is a man that sadly I was never taught about. A man that I had never heard about until a couple of years ago. I'm talking about Marshall Major Taylor, the world's first black global superstar. Major Taylor was born in Indiana in 1878. Now let's have a little history lesson. I'm getting ready to take you to school. Before 1865, most African Americans were enslaved. On January 31, 1865, the 13th Amendment was adopted as part of the United States Constitution. The amendment officially abolished slavery forever. Even though slavery was abolished, the racial climate in the U.S. was not so welcoming or accepting of people of color. Racism is all that Major ever knew. Now you're probably thinking, how did a black guy get the name Major? That's an interesting story. You see, as a young boy, Marshall was always fascinated with bicycles. One day, he was doing tricks on a bicycle in front of a bike shop. The store owner, surprised by Marshall's natural ability to twist and spin and balance on the bicycle so effortlessly, decided to hire him to ride in front of his shop, entertaining the crowds by showing off his acrobatic skills. He was hired to be a spectacle, kind of like those who flip signs in front of smoke shops or car dealers. To really capitalize on the performance, Marshall had to do all of his tricks while wearing a bright red soldier's uniform, making him unforgettable and branding him with the name Major. Major Taylor was thrown into cycling without any warning. His boss, the owner of the bicycle shop that he would perform in front of, signed Major up for a local race. 
Taylor would be forced to race against the best of the best, trained and established cyclists. These were not rookies. These were professionals. The entertainer who performed in front of the crowd wearing that funny oversized soldier's uniform was now lined up to take on the real cyclist. Now, this is a situation of debate and one we may never know the answer to. Was Taylor forced into the race as a way to completely humiliate him, or did the shop owner see his potential and push him towards his purpose? We will never know. Either way, what the enemy plans for harm, God will use for good. Major Taylor defeated everyone in that race. A kid who had never raced professionally before in his life completely destroyed grown men who were professional cyclists. Needless to say, Major Taylor earned his name that day, and from that point on, he would wear it proudly. Major Taylor turned professional in 1896, at the age of 18. He participated in multiple cycling events, including a six-day battle of a race. Imagine roller derby, but instead of skates, competitors are riding racing bicycles at top speeds on a circular track. Now remember, this was just 30 years after slavery was abolished, and Major was a young black cyclist dominating a sport where no one else looked like him. The fans, the officials, and the other riders made sure to make it clear that they did not want nor approve of Major's presence in their sport. Major Taylor experienced horrific abuse. Bottles and debris were usually thrown at him while he sped around the track. The other riders would spit, would kick, and jab at him, all to try to get him off balance and to crash. Racial slurs and dehumanizing words were used as weapons. Psychological debris used as ways to puncture his purpose and kill his dreams. Here's another history lesson for you. The word nigger originated in the 18th century as an adaptation of the Spanish word negro, which means black. Over time, it took on a derogatory and dehumanizing connotation. In my life, I have been called a nigger three times to my face. Once by my babysitter. She was upset because I turned off her Nintendo. This was back before you could save your game progress, you know what I mean? People would actually leave their gaming consoles on for weeks until they defeated the last level and beat the game. I guess she felt that my insensitive action was enough justification to call me that. <laughs> Crazy. I was young, but I knew something wasn't right with those words. It made me feel a certain way. It made me feel horrible. The second time was by an older gentleman who clearly was upset with the way life was progressing. And, you know, he was trying to hold on to the quote-unquote good old days. The last time I was called a nigger was by a student and his parents. This one hurt me the most. 
It happened during one of the hardest years of my life. My baby son Brixton was just born, and I was working full-time while going to school full-time. And on top of all of that, I was student teaching. For those of you who don't know what student teaching is, let me explain to you. You are unprepared, overwhelmed, and thrown right into teaching 20 to 30 students. Every day is a day full of stress where you are learning on the fly. On top of living that whole year insecure, you are judged constantly and scrutinized nonstop by other teachers and fellow professors. Oh, and I forgot to mention, you are doing it all for free. No compensation, no pay. It sucks. The last thing I needed that year was for a student and his parent to attempt to tear me down using a horrible racial slur. Apparently, she was not too fond of her son being taught by, quote-unquote, an educated nigger. Each time I've been called that word, it elicits the same reaction. A shockwave is sent through my body, followed by a burning sensation that starts at my feet and rises to my ears. When I was younger, I didn't know what that response was. But now that I'm older, I know exactly what it is. It's rage. I'm pretty sure Major Taylor experienced this same response. Despite the names, the violence, the abuse, he never lost sight of why he was doing what he was doing. He understood that bigger than all the awards and achievements was his desire to change the way the world perceived him and people who looked like him. Some would say that he was blessed with a burden. Marshall Major Taylor would finish his career on top setting all kind of world records and becoming the first African-American to achieve the level of world champion. Major Taylor traveled around the world beating the best of the best to become the best of the best. I'm sure there were some difficult days when he just wanted to quit, but he didn't stop. He pressed on, never forgetting why he was doing what he was doing. Now, I'm no Major Taylor, but I too understand how important it is to press forward, knowing that my presence may have a chance to change others' perceptions, which in turn may change lives. Me being an African-American male teacher is an eye-opening and life-altering experience for many of my students. Think about it. In the U.S., teachers are overwhelmingly white and female despite the fact that America's students are mostly people of color. The statistics are stark. Fewer than 7% of educators are black, and just 2% are black men. My very presence in the classroom is enough to greatly shift the paradigms my students are beginning to construct. I am placed in an important position to help broaden their understanding and acceptance of people who look different than they do. When that student and his mother called me that word, I could have just quit. I could have said, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But I didn't. Like Major Taylor, 
I pressed on and continued to live out my purpose. I understood that my why was stronger than my why not. What is your why? What keeps you moving forward? We all know the reasons why we should quit, why we could quit, why we shouldn't even start in the beginning. But I'm challenging you, like Marshall Major Taylor, to make sure that your whys are stronger than your why nots. Now I'm going to end this episode the way I end every episode with these powerful, powerful words. Chase your dreams until the dreams you chase become a reality. Go change the world. And make sure that your whys are stronger than your why nots. So now that you're part of the Passion and Prestige tribe, I want to know what you think. I love hearing from my listeners. So if you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and tag us at Passion and Prestige on Instagram. And don't forget to go into your podcast app, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review and a five-star rating. This helps us reach way more people. Passion and Prestige Tribe, thank you so much. I will see you next week. And remember, chase your dreams until the dreams you chased become reality. Go change the world. They just want to knock you off the top. But I ain't going to drop till I say so. Till I say so. Because I say.